<laughs> today on that's classic uh we have none other than an old friend uh somebody that really let that's classic has brought us back together after like 20 years um none other than rob stone who played kevin owens on mr belvedere rob thanks so much for being here on so many levels thank you john it's great to be here thanks for uh reconnecting um it's been it's been a minute. <laughs> it has been a long time. And just so if anybody's wondering out there, hey, how do these guys know? We met on Angry Beavers, the audition. <laughs> Angry Beavers, which I believe was a Nick show. And we came down to the last three uh, duos and we almost got it. But hence, oh, it did not oh, voiceover, right? It was, it was all- voiceover. Yeah. 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 Right, right, yeah. yeah that was it. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. It's actually quite a funny moment. But anyway, uh, so let's get let's get rolling right away. And Rob, uh, tell me about that first audition for Mr. Belvedere. You know, I understand in reading that it was your first um, pilot audition, not your first audition, but first like pilot audition for a lead, right? Yeah, not only for a lead, that was my first um, regular series role for a pilot ever honestly wow um, wow now, i don't want to give the false impression i had been on other auditions for like guest parts and 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 things in in television and, and film um a lot of which i did not get by the way uh but this was yeah. the first regular series role that i auditioned for so i was you know it, it, off the charts in terms of being fortunate and um it was a it, I, definitely a case of i think ignorance is bliss yeah um, yeah you probably were going in so loose yeah yeah. But uh, yeah. And, and, you know, as you know, in, in the, the, the first round you go in and it's a room full of people and, you know, it's, you feel like everybody in the world is there. And so it's not, you don't really have that pressure because it's like, oh, I'm not going to get this. There's, you know, hundred people in the room and stuff. Right. Um, and then it gets whittled down, you know, then you get called back and it gets, and there's less people in the room and then you meet with the producers and then the, you come back again and there's less people. And then sometimes you meet with the director or whatever. Yeah. So that whole process actually took uh, over the course of about a month before oh, wow. we, before we went to network. And I don't know if your viewers, you know, how familiar they are with that, but um, yeah. that was a whole different new experience for me. Uh, not one I necessarily, um, you know, put put my my an enemy through because uh, it was very intimidating, but yeah. it um, but luckily luckily it worked out. But yeah, for those who don't know, um, basically when they get down to the final like one or two or three, mm-hmm. each role of a new show, um, they had in my case it was down at ABC, at, in Century City in Los Angeles. Oh wow. And the twin towers of of, uh, of Los Angeles and C- Century City, so these high rises, and you go up, go all the way up. Oh my God! And uh, you know you're in a room now with maybe one or two other people, and then they bring you in one at a time. But once you go in the room, it's um, you know it was like there were risers with just executives, uh, pretty humorless executives. I oh might, my I gosh! Might, I might add. And I was just kind of the naive kid from Texas. So I, I, I had never experienced this. So I just kind of come in and say, Hey, how, how, how y'all doing? And wow. there was like no, no response at all. <laughs> in my mind, I'm here like, you know, okay, this is going really well. Um, 
Yeah. Luckily, you know, then I kind of loosened up and they had the uh, another actor. In this case, it was Christopher Hewitt, who ended up playing Mr. Belvedere. Oh, and wow. That's there to read with. And that's really what made the difference, because I, I Chris and I connected and he's just such a he, he was such a wonderful, uh, generous actor. Um, so once we started, you know, doing the script, I kind of calmed down. And I think that helped. Did, was he was he already cast at that point or was he, he was. also going? He was the only one cast other than Bob Uecker. Oh. And Bob Uecker, who played my dad, and uh, a lot of people, you know, know from his stints on, you know, Tonight Show. I think he's one of the most uh, booked guests, actually, on The Tonight Show. Yeah, yeah. Carson, and Stand Up and Major League and, uh, you know. The light, Miller Light commercials. Miller Light. Yeah. He, he's still to this day the voice of the Milwaukee Brewers. He does play-by-play for the Milwaukee Brewers because he was a professional uh, baseball player. Yeah. And, and as he would would say, not not the best uh, professional baseball player, but that's, <laughs> that's where you get a lot, a lot of his humor from. Um, but no, they, they were great. They were great. Those were the only two that were cast. Everybody else that was at Network were there to read for, you know, the family, the kids. Yeah. Uh, and so forth yeah. did you for your role do you remember uh like were were the other people on the way like people that you were like oh wow that's so-and-so or anything like that did you recognize any of the actors um i don't think i did actually I, well I, I, again you know you're given you're, you go there and it's your your time slot right right and so when i first got there i think they were reading for the part of my um younger sister Ah. So a couple of people, Tracy, Tracy Wells, who ended right. up getting part, was not there. We didn't meet at that audition, um, but uh, maybe she had already gone. But there were a couple other people waiting for that. And then there was another actor that um, I met, said hello to, seemed like a great guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, but we were both kind of in the same boat. We were just, you know, kind of just just chatting uh, very briefly and and. Um, kind of wished each other well and had and neither of us had any idea what was behind the big door. Wow. Wow. So we wow. Were, we were like, I don't know. Well, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. So. And how old are you at that point? How old? Well, here's the thing. I so I've always played younger. Or I was playing younger on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In the pilot, Kevin was just getting his driver's license. So, you know, 15 to 16, right? Yeah. Um, 16 years old. Um, and I was already in college. I was, yeah. uh, so I was at USC, which is what brought me out from Texas, which is where I'm from, from Dallas. Yeah. And did you, uh, so, so first of all, uh, well, let's just, I guess we'll, we'll step back. One thing I wanted to say about Euchre, by the way, is I'm originally from Milwaukee. So nice. I, yeah. So I've known about him for a long time. And I was going to tell you one uh, little fact that's, yeah, he's like a legend there, by the way. He is. But, yeah. He is the um, the one thing that I read recently about him that I thought was pretty wild. He had never signed a contract all these years with the uh, Milwaukee Brewers. It was yeah. always a handshake. And right. then because of the changes to the SAG-AFTRA health plan, he finally signed a contract with him just to get the health benefits. Oh, that I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. But he yeah. had told me about the, the handshake thing. And, and you know what? That That's Bob. That's you. You know, he's... Mm -hmm. He, you know what you see is what you get he is uh he is the nicest man in the world 
the most hilarious guy I've ever met <laughs> off camera and on. Oh yeah, um, I can see it. And and we would just go to work and laugh, you know, but but he's the kind of, you know, he he's he, he's just a a fun fun person that everybody wanted to to be around and yeah. hear his stories. He's got great stories. Uh but besides that, which a lot of people don't know, he's also just got a heart of gold. Just a wow. great great Were you, are you still close with him? Yes, absolutely. I'm close with everybody, um, everybody from the cast, actually. And uh, I know it sounds cliche and boring, but it really no. was like a, like a family, not only the on camera family, but the off camera, you know, the, the in the crew, the directors, and um, we still all get together from time to time. Um, during the pandemic, actually, just to sidetrack a little bit. Sure, go ahead. We ended up doing a little bit of a kind of a Zoom reunion um and and bob and and uh his wife judy they were very concerned about the technology because they <laughs> they weren't they weren't used to zoom and all that so yeah we, we kind of you know worked all that out beforehand and uh it was a lot of fun but to answer your question yeah we uh we keep in touch and and um and, and he's great and speaking of being a legend in milwaukee um you probably know this but he has a statue outside miller stadium and that, you know, I don't know if I did know that and I should know that, but you know, obviously I'm not, I haven't, I have family there, but I'm still, I'm not living there. Yeah, you know, I live, sure. in, live in LA. So yeah. It was such a treat because, and I was very honored, but he invited uh, me and, 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 you know, the cast out when they did the unveiling. And oh, said, wow. And he said, Rob, you know, I'm, I'm getting a statue. He's like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not dead, but I'm, you know, they're getting a statue. <laughs> and so, um, Anyway, he, it was it was amazing, and like uh, I think Bob Costas was a master of ceremonies. Oh wow! At the um, uh, Hank Aaron was there. Oh, cool! And his wife, who sang, by the way. I mean, it, it was the whole thing was just a, a really amazing tribute to to Bob, and he he definitely deserves it. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's yeah. really cool. I'm glad to hear that you guys are all are all close. I mean, I I do hear that from other people that I talk to, but not everybody. Not everybody is is that you know. Well, you, you know, it, it's interesting because at the time that we were doing the show, I had some uh, you know some other peers or friends that were on other shows, um, mm -hmm. and a lot of you know a lot of my friends had nothing to do with entertainment. But sure, sure. The ones that I did know that were on other shows, it was, it, I would hear different things and mm -hmm. they would always, you know, love uh, the experience and, and were grateful for the experience. But um, sometimes, especially if like, if everybody was in the same age range, let's say, mm -hmm. or if everybody was in their twenties or whatever, there's, it tended to be a little different as opposed to on our, on our, in our situation, you know, we were a family. And so we yeah. actually had, you know, we ran the gamut from uh, Christopher Hewitt um, and then we had Bob Uecker. So there was that balance there, but yeah. then we had the kids and, and uh, it really, um, I must say it was a pretty egoless set and both, both on camera and off. And we were just excited to have the work first of all. Yeah. Yeah. And we just felt very lucky for what, what we were, uh, what we were doing and, and had fun. Who, um, during that time, you mentioned like some of the, the other, you know, I'm trying to think of who some of the other, I guess, younger TV actors there were at that time. Who did you kind of know, or who did you see, you know, in that, in that circle, so to speak at that time? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, we're talking 80s. Uh, no, I, definitely. We're, we're, we're going back. Uh, but, you know, like Head of the Class was was on when we were Family Ties, when that was going on, um, you know. Would you see Michael J. Fox? Well, I, I only, I, first of all, even when I was uh, growing up in Texas and in Dallas, Family Ties was like, and Michael J. Fox and Back to the Future. I mean, I was like a huge fan. Me too. Me so, too. Um, I mean, he made a, a real big impact on me. Um, yeah, me too. I was lucky enough to meet him. I, I, I won't. He definitely wasn't a, a friend, um, you know, yeah. that I knew well. Yeah. But there was a couple of events from time to time that shows would do, or people would have birthdays or charity events and so forth. And I, I was lucky enough to meet Michael. And, you know, he was just, uh, and, and is from everything that I hear to this day, yeah. especially dealing with Parkinson's and everything that he's dealing with, mm -hmm. uh, he couldn't have been more down to earth and more um, really interested. I mean, I was just starstruck, but he yeah. was asking me, he was interested in finding out about things that he had heard about, you know, that I was starting doing some directing and so forth, but couldn't wow. have been a nicer guy. And um, wow. Uh, it was, it, it yeah, that and um, that's so cool. And, and you know, they, yeah. they, they always say kind of be careful about meeting your heroes. But in, in the case of of Michael Fox, uh, he really is, you know, and 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 has gotten more so, I think, over the years dealing with yeah. challenges, um, really somebody I admire quite a bit. I was honestly, Rob, he was my idol. Uh, he is one of the reasons I, I came out as well. It's so funny you would say that, it, you know, it's it's a yeah. it, I I. I would have had, I, by the way, I did get the chance to meet him as well. Uh, Great. Believe it or not. Yeah. It, in a bizarre deal. I mean, make it kind of make a very short story of this. I, I had only been out here about a week and a half, maybe two weeks. Wow. And somebody I knew said, Hey, uh, it, it, literally like one of the few people I even knew in town said, Hey, I'm, I'm behind, I'm organizing this uh, thing that they have for talk. I think it was like water, uh, toxic water or whatever in California. And there's like, a bunch of celebrities they're coming down they're flying into la they've been on a bus going up the coast would you wow. just help me when they arrive to get them you know to wherever you know i'm this guy from you know milwaukee wisconsin i'm like yeah sure but i have no idea what the heck i'm even saying yes to but i'm like hey i'm in la whatever you know i'm open and on it and i had on the the blazer and i used to get a lot of uh uh, people saying, you know, my God, you remind me of Jake, Michael J. Fox. I used to get that all the time. And I'd be like, yeah, well, I love the guy, you know, but anyway, so I had on my blazer and I, I showed up and I remember we we're at LAX and I get there and there's these three buses and we're the, here come the celebrities or whatever. And I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. You know, <laughs> the bus driver walks up to me and goes, Hey, uh, which route do you want to take to Sony studios? And I'm like, I don't even know where Sony is. Where's that? Yeah, I go before, before there were like uh, GPSs. Exactly, stuff. exactly. So I he looks at me and he goes, oh, just get on the bus. So I go to get on the bus. Well, Michael J. Fox is getting on right behind me. And and I'm like, oh, my God. And I just sit down. I'm just like, I can't even deal. And Rob Lowe is is behind me. I got Michael J. Fox across the way. I've got I mean, Jane Fonda was on the bus. I'm wow. like. So here I am two weeks into town and I'm like, how is this even happening? So like, oh, this happens every, every day in California, right? Exactly. <laughs> here, you know, long time yeah. 
So I get off the bus. The bus makes it to Sony. I get off the bus. I rise up. Michael J. Fox is a little ways behind me. He comes up behind me and I turn and he's there and he goes, wow, if it isn't another Michael, Michael, uh, uh, yeah, Michael Keaton or whatever it is. I'm trying Alex to Alex P. Keaton. Alex P. Keaton. Thank you. Yeah. Alex P. Keaton. And he goes, look at this guy. And there's Rob Lowe going. He goes, oh, my God, it is. And I was just dying, man. I was dying. That's so, great. That's but so cool. Yeah, so I got off the bus and he, um, you know, everybody was saying thank you for all the help and everything else. And he says, hey, hey, you know, sorry to give you a hard time or whatever. And we ended up getting a photo together and he was like the nicest flipping guy in the world. Yeah. So I know what you're saying. He really is that genuine. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. Weird moments, weird moments. I don't know, man. But so let's go back. We segue. Um, So on the on the show. so you get going and then I understood that in the third season, it looked like, well, that's the end of it kind of thing. And then you, you what's that whole story? Cause am I correct on that? You almost went into cancellation or something like that. Oh, we were canceled at a certain point. We were, we oh, really were canceled. That's yeah. not, oh, well, wow. we, I mean, that's the word that we got. Um, I think it was actually on our, in our fourth season. If I, I could be wrong, you may be right. But basically, I mean, just to kind of, just to kind of put this in perspective, um, so we were a mid-season replacement mm-hmm. uh, originally, um, and 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 as you know, when you do a pilot, most pilots don't end up going, you know, to yeah. series. So right. that was the first hurdle. I mean, we were all kind of looked at, or at least I did, as like a week's work, and I was grateful for that, and wow. I was just really happy to, you know, meet all these people, and it seemed like such a great thing. And I remember thinking distinctly, it's like. Oh, well, too bad. This is only going to be a week. I mean, these people are great and it's going to be so much fun to do. And and then when we got the pickup to series, um, you know, we were all just beside ourselves and, and, and that was great, but wow, that's wild. Early, especially early on, um, you know, we weren't exactly, you know, it wasn't like a family ties or a, you know, a mainstream success from the get go. Yeah. Um, it's like we got traction as as the audience. We were like an audience favorite a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. or got to be that way. And but I mean, we literally we would have our pickups at, at the time. Um, and this is back when, by the way, there's only like three networks. You know, so, yeah, exactly. Um, Good times. But at, but at the time, you know, they would a full season was 22 episodes, mm-hmm. and so I think in our first one or two seasons we would get like a half a pickup. So we do like six episodes with an option to do six more and then do six more. And oh so my on. gosh. Yeah. And, and then once we kind of started getting some traction and and uh, and the audience really responded, then we were starting to get full pickups. And we were like, oh, fantastic. This is great. But to, to your point earlier, um, for whatever reason, we were all kind of shocked because they said, hey, listen, I... I you know, I don't think you guys are coming back. And we were hugely disappointed um, because we had, again, gotten to be like this family and it was so much fun. Oh my um, gosh. And, but, but we thought that was it. Everybody kind of went on hiatus thinking, okay, well, we're, we're going to go off and do our own things now. Um, I was actually cast in a play. Theater's kind of my background and I was doing a play. And when I got that news and thinking, okay, well, this is it. And then, um, and then it was, 
not so much. Um, you know, a lot of people responded to letter writing campaigns, I guess. Oh, wow. But, but for whatever reason, and we were like the Phoenix, you know, rising from the ashes. <laughs> and they said, no, listen, we want to, we want to bring you guys back. But, but um, we were, I think pretty much officially canceled at one point they brought us back and then our ratings were better than ever. And then we were on for another two or three seasons. I mean, that's an incredible story. How many people get that, that possibility? So are you like off, you're doing this play and you get this phone call and you're like, Oh my God, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and not only that, but um, there may have been a strike or something that was looming. So they were a little mm -hmm. worried about that. So not only did we end up getting a pickup, but they were going to bring us back early from the hiatus to kind of bank some shows, to, to film some shows just in case the, the strike went through. And um, so I actually ended up having to, to leave the play a little early to come back and, and do some episodes. So yeah, it, wow. was a, it, was a, it was an interesting time for sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's so funny, though, with all that, like, oh, we'll give you six more or your cancer, whatever. It must, it must have kept you kind of humble as well as as an actor you know um you know some people get they get a big head they've got the series and everything like that it might have been a nice blessing yeah i mean no no question i mean uh you know again we were um just really we never really took ourselves too seriously i don't think um mm -hmm. we took the work seriously and we all worked hard but um you know it was, again, the environment that we had. On mm -hmm. one hand, you had Christopher Hewitt, this amazing Tony Award winning actor, director. Peter Pan. Wasn't you know, it Peter Pan? Peter Pan, Pan was exactly. Yeah. Captain, Captain Hook. Hook Peter Pan with, with uh, Sandy Duncan, I think. Right. Um, and had directed everything in the theater and, you know, classically trained. And then you have Bob Euchre, who <laughs> you know, was amazing on his own and hilarious. Yeah. But you know, one came from a very heavily trained background, and 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 Bob yeah. was not. And so a lot of people would think, oh, these guys aren't going to get along. And they actually loved each other. They loved it. And that, but having that balance of kind of like you know, for 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 myself and I think the other actors on the show, mm -hmm. um, it was a great it it was a great um, it was a great lesson to to kind of see the professionalism that was part of it but also you know with euchre around you can never take yourself too seriously or he'd bust your chops you know so whatever oh my anybody, gosh if he sensed anything you know he would you know he'd be right on it or or and 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 more than more than anything he would make fun of himself of course or he would you know say hey you know um you know we had a i think the show won one emmy and it was for lighting <laughs> George Spiro Dibby uh, was yeah and so George who was the Emmy winner you know and he'd be in the background and sometimes you know uh, Euchre would just kind of be on set even during the, the the shows you know we filmed in front of a live audience oh yeah yeah between takes you know he would just kind of bust his chops and just go you know, George, I think you need a little more key light here. I don't think my face is coming, you know, I don't think <laughs> exactly the way you want it. I mean, I know you want a friggin' Emmy and all that. Oh and, my and, God. Oh my God. But you know, the audience loved it and and yeah, you know, he would just uh he would just make everybody laugh all the time. How did you feel going as, you know, you're you're a young actor and you're trying to get, you know, trying to get things rolling? I know that you had a, a couple of parts or whatever, but 
but you know, it's like suddenly you're you're one of the stars of the show and you're in front of a live audience. What was that like? Like when you went to shoot the the, the thing and it's like, you know, okay, here we go, guys. And you look out and there's all these people staring at you. That must have been quite a deal for a young guy. Yeah, honestly, that was my favorite part. My wow. favorite part was 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 on the uh on the on the filming nights, you know, with the with the live audience. Cause again, um from about the age of 14, um, I had a, a theater background and doing plays, and I grew up mm -hmm. do, you know, doing plays. Um, how did you start, by the way? Like, what was it? What was it that you know? Because your your parents, from what I recall, your dad was like uh, head of oncology or something like that, right? Yeah, he yeah. ran the cancer center at, at Baylor Hospital in Dallas. It, it, yeah, you know, he was very involved in that, and and my mom uh, was urban studies and psychology, and worked at SMU and. So yeah, no, I didn't come from an entertainment background. By yeah, where'd that come from? Well, um, I mean, really, you know, growing up, uh, my parents really always instilled in my sister and and myself there was a real appreciation for the arts, and they were they were big theater lovers and movie lovers, mm. and okay, and we'd have you know Broadway and movie soundtracks playing all the time and where they would take us to the local theater and, and, and when things came to town. So that's really where I think it, 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 it started. And, uh, and then when I was about 14, I had a skateboarding buddy. Um, and wow. he said, Hey, I'm taking these, these teen children's theater classes at a place called the Dallas theater center. Um, and, uh, they're a lot of fun and we can go skateboarding, you know, when we're goofing around and there's train tracks in the back of the theater, we can go play Butch Casting Sundance Kid. And I'm oh like, my okay, gosh. all right, I'm in. So uh, I started going there and that, and that's really where um, uh, I started, you know, just realizing it was a lot of fun. I wasn't thinking of it as a profession at that point. Mm -hmm. It was mm -hmm. something fun to do, just like I was doing sports and doing other things. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, and, I was very fortunate, but I don't know, about a few months after after doing these classes, they needed a young actor to be in one of their main stage productions um, in Dallas at the Dallas Theater Center. And wow. I was asked to audition and I got the role. And so then every, you know, for gosh, over a month, every day after school, I was going right from school to the theater and doing shows in front of live audiences. And that's really where the bug bit, I think, you know, that's wild, but it was, but it was great. You know, it was great training for me. And, and again, not thinking of it as a profession at this mm -hmm. point, it just, that was my first exposure to really seeing these other actors. Cause the, the other actors in the production, it, it was called Santa Fe sunshine by Preston mm -hmm. Jones, mm -hmm. uh, who eventually had some shows go to Broadway, Texas wow. and so forth. Um, but just showing up night after night and seeing that these people did this for a living, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that they took it seriously and yeah. had to be on time and I couldn't, you know, be skateboarding and, you know, and I had to keep my grades up, um, which was something that I had made a deal with my parents that if I were to, to do this, they were all very supportive by the way, but they just said, just make sure, you know, don't forget about school. Yeah. And, uh, um, but I, but again, I loved, uh, having that immediate feedback with the audience. And, um, and that was great. So then, you know, fast forward to when I was doing the show uh, in front of a live audience, to me, it was always like doing a little play, 
you know, and there happened to be these four boxes with lenses, yeah. it, you know, um, but it was, it was great. I love doing it in front of a live audience. It was, it, it, and, and I never really, you know, thank goodness. I didn't allow myself to think that it was actually being beamed out to millions of people. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> you know. How, well, how was, you know, it's so funny because you were at like that age, that time, the eighties and all of that, where it was kind of like, you know, Michael J. Fox, Rob Lowe, all these people, if you were a young male actor on a show, you were considered like a heartthrob kind of thing. You know, did you, did you experience some of that where you'd go out and it'd be like, you, you, you know, people would just recognize you or were you able to blend in? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know about, listen, Again, back to the fact there were three networks. And yeah. so, you know, when you're on a primetime show, there's a lot of people watching. Yeah. And that I wasn't really prepared for. Mm -hmm. um, again, we were doing these little plays, but um, in my mind, but then, you know, the next day after an episode aired, suddenly people are looking at you and pointing and, you know, and, and in, in many cases, sometimes coming up and just saying, Hey, I saw you on, you know, which was always great. I always, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, but it was strange and it takes an adjustment when all of a sudden, you know, you walk out and, and people kind of, kind of knew not only me, but everybody, you know, on the show. Yeah. And, and I must say that was uh, that took a little of a, of adjustment of adjusting because, Again, as a as a theater trained you know actor, I always really loved observing people in mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. like in a diner or whatever. Right. And suddenly, it's a little different because then I'd be in a restaurant or something, and you'd see people you know recognize you a little bit, or they'd come up or whatever. Um, so it you can't help but be a little self conscious. Mm -hmm. What I tried to do, I don't know if I was always successful, but I was I, you know I, I tried to. It was really important to me um to just respect everybody and 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 try and um you know answer whatever questions and, and I tried to give as much time as I could obviously depending on the situation if yeah. you're there at somebody else's birthday party and the focus should be on them uh you you wanted to keep it that way but um but no it was you know it it, it definitely took an adjustment mm -hmm. but but it was also really nice and and I was grateful to and cognizant that I had a a job at the time where people would give you know would would give you a feedback on how well or not that they thought you were doing their job right um, and especially today in the age of social media and stuff right there's a lot of negativity and positivity I mean and in some sure. ways, um, we didn't have this, but, you know, people that are, uh, actors or entertainers or, or, or well-known athletes, right. Gives them a dialogue directly with their fans. That's really cool. Um, but as we all know, there's, there can be a dark side to that too. Oh, of course, people of course. Just be really negative and, and so yeah. forth. But in my case, um, you know, it was, it, it definitely took an adjustment, but it was something that I tried to keep in mind that this is not, you know, going to last forever. And mm -hmm. remember who you are, remember who you, where you came from. Um, and really that was less me than I think the values that my parents, you know, kind of instilled in, in us as kids. Yeah, you were, I, I mean, honestly, I look back on that time. I mean, we were talking about Michael J. Fox earlier. I mean, even he had moments where it was like, you know, 
he's 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 drinking too much or rob Lowe had the issue with women all these things you were one of those guys though that really kind of maintained a very clean image uh you know you kind of stayed who you are and um i you know that's you know as we both know i mean i'm sure you, you've seen plenty of terrible situations that's awesome you you did that hey i've got the bottle of scotch just off the <laughs> Um, no, I mean, listen, I, I, uh, you know, again, I'm, uh, you know, I, I listen, everybody's a little different, but yeah, I, to me, you know, it, it, it was just, um, trying to keep in mind again, I think I was very aware that this was fleeting and, and, mm -hmm. um, and I tried to make the most of an opportunity. And also to be honest with you, I was just interested in, in other things and in learning and and I I had int early interest in directing and, mm -hmm. and um and writing and and so um you know I I just uh was pretty focused on on all those things so I I had I think less distractions and again I think I came from a very strong I had I had good people around me and I came yeah. from a family that um you know we were close very are a close-knit family and um so it, it it helped me you know kind of stay on on course a little bit i hope you know others may not you know there, there may be others out yeah. there that have different opinions but yeah no i'm sure i'm sure yeah. i mean i remember when we met i i always thought that about you just you know you yeah. just kind of keep it together hey um i'll send you the check after oh, oh believe me it'll be big anyway um so the uh, the other thing you were mentioned about directing so you i re i had read that you did a couple of short short films while you were still doing Mr. Belvedere and one of them actually was with Christopher Hewitt yeah um, how right. did yeah yeah how did that, that was, come about yeah well I was always writing and directing these short films and and um uh just a, a, had a strong interest I was always interested in behind the scenes so you know and again this was before the days of social media and the entertainment yeah. Today and all those shows so um but I you know, I really had a, a strong interest and just wanted to learn. And, and at, being at USC, I tried to take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. um, there were, there was, there were, uh, I would audit different classes, even though I was, I was uh, in the BFA theater program there. I took film courses and was trying to learn. So I would write and yeah. direct these short films. And then while we were doing the show, um, when we were on hiatus, in the summers, um, I would make these these short films, and a couple of them got some attention. And I was very honored and asked Christopher if he would be in one that I wrote called The Sidewalk Motel, which was um, kind of a docudrama, actually. Um, mm -hmm. It had narrative elements to it, but it also had some real life um, people. It was actually about, uh, uh, about the homeless and young people out on the streets and so forth. Um, and Christopher, uh, was amazing. And, you know, cause we didn't have much of a budget. You know, right. Right. He just did it and, just to and, be there. And, and God bless him. You know, he would, he never complained and, and he, uh, uh, you know, we didn't have the big trailers or anything. He, we'd get him a chair and he'd hang out <laughs> right, right. the, well into the night and early mornings. And, and, uh, yeah, he was just, just fantastic. And, um, it was a great experience and a great way to, to learn. And speaking of that film in particular, we then showed it in theaters and um, as a way to use it as a fundraiser 
to help the homeless. And we, we called it the canned, you, you've heard of the Cannes Film Festival. Yeah, of course. We called ours the Canned Film Festival, where the only admission to these screenings were to bring cans of food. Oh, wow. We would donate that to like a food bank. And we showed it around the country. They had us at uh, Washington, D.C. And and Christopher came to some of those screenings, which was really special for Q&A. And Wow. Um, it was, yeah, it was, it was great. It was really, really funny. Is, is that also the film? I mean, I was kind of blown away by a lot of things that I, I read that you've gotten yourself involved with. I saw that Bruce Springsteen performed um, the, uh, oh God, what is it? I ain't got no home. Wow. Uh, yeah. Then your research. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I look, I look. Yeah. What's, what's up with that? How did that come about? I mean, that's a big deal. I mean, Bruce could not have been any, He's huge now. He was monster then. He was it at that time. He was yeah. the biggest thing in, in music. And again, another personal hero of mine. Oh, totally. And um, uh, I couldn't believe it. And to be honest with you, I like I said, I, I had written this, this film. We were in post-production. We were editing the film. Yeah. And I really had something in my head for a final sequence um, where we were going to show um, actually still some beautiful black and white stills that I didn't take, but other other people had taken and, mm -hmm. and were nice enough to share with us. And it was for this in sequence. And at the time, uh, Bruce Springsteen had done, he had been part of a tribute album, album to uh, for Woody Guthrie. Yeah. And it was a song like you correctly stated called I Ain't Got No Home. And he had done a cover of it that I heard that just knocked me out. And I and and it was during production, and I remember thinking, "Oh my gosh, that'd be perfect." Yeah. Thinking, "There's no way we're gonna." No way. No, no way. way. Yeah, exactly. But being again back to the ignorance is bliss thing. Um, yeah. You know, I I just I wrote a letter, and I wrote a letter, and I told him about the film, and I uh, had found out who his management was, and I wrote this letter and told him what, what we were trying to do with the film to raise awareness and we were gonna use it as a fundraiser and blah, 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 thinking he's never gonna see this, right? Exactly, the manager's like, is there money? Forget it, yeah. And I, and I sent it off, I mean, a handwritten letter, you know. Wow. Before email, right? Wow. And, uh, and I, I sent it off and about, I don't know, four or five weeks later, uh, I got a call from Barbara Carr or uh, who had responded and actually through my manager um, and Barbara Carr, who is part of his management to this day. And wow. I, I am eternally grateful both to her and to Bruce um, and said, we, you know, I told Bruce about your film. He thinks it's great. Feel free to use the, uh, his recording gratis. <laughs> and I, I thought it was a joke when I first got the call. I really, <laughs> right. didn't see it. Right. And, uh, again, I, 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 um, it just blew me away. And so we were able to use that. And it's one of the most emotional parts of, of the film. And wow, I, I tried, it's funny. Um, uh, Bruce Springsteen, as some people know, he, he came out with a memoir. Yes. And he wrote a book and he went around bookstores and he was, you know, like a book tour and he was, you know, signing books and everything. Yeah. I regret I didn't get to, to go to that. Yeah. And, and guess what? I was able to be there no was lucky enough to meet him but it was very quick right because they're you know you yeah but still you what a what whoa what did you say well i mean the main reason i wanted to do it uh besides you know i loved his book and right huge hero 
but was to, to thank him, um, uh, you know, for allowing us to use that in the film. Now, again, not much time. I kind of, you know, I, first thing I said to him was thank you, you know, for your music. And uh, yeah. I mentioned Barbara Carr. He couldn't have been nicer, but again, we didn't have a lot of moments. He, he probably didn't grasp everything. Yeah. Um, but if anybody out there knows Bruce, please tell him that uh, I am eternally grateful for that because he, he was just awesome. He's great. That's so cool though. You had this, the chance to say it in person. I don't care how much of it went through to him yeah. or not. Yeah. That's it, big. He, yeah. Again, you know, like, like Michael Fox, you know, he was, he was, he was uh, incredibly grounded and, and seemed genuinely happy to be there to meet all his fans, you know? And yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that was That's a cool. special moment. Yeah. Very cool. You know, I, I noticed, I, I looked, I looked through your, um, you know, like all the, all the documentaries that you've done and everything like that. You always latch on what I would call a big dog. I mean, you've got, um, you've got uh, Candace Bergen, you've got Richard Dreyfus, you had um, Dennis Quaid, Billie Jean King. I mean, not everybody gets that. I mean, that's pretty cool. How, how, uh, do you, do you, did you set in mode, like, when you're doing the documentary, you're hearing that voice and you're thinking, this is who I would really love to be part of this? Pretty much. I mean, um, for instance, with Dennis Quaid, uh, I, I, one of my favorite movies of all time was The Right Stuff, is The Right yeah. Stuff. Yeah. And I had seen him in that. We were doing a project with the Blue Angels. We're doing a current project, which I can tell you about later. Yeah, um, please. But Anyway, we were doing a, a, a documentary on the Blue Angels on their first European tour, their first time to go overseas in over 20 years. Wow. And some former Eastern Bloc countries, we went to Bulgaria, Romania, Russia, you know, everything. It wow. was a historic kind of thing. And as we were putting it together, and I, again, because I, I love the right stuff and I loved his character in that. Yeah. And again, thinking, there's no way. We're gonna get him. You know, he was right. my first choice, but I would love for him to come on and be a part of it and be the host. And he he did. Um, I wrote him a letter uh, and told him what we were trying to do. And um, he, luckily, he's a pilot. You know, so he responded. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, okay. yeah, he, yeah, he's a he's a big pilot and um, loves the Blue Angels. I didn't know that, but um, but you know, I figured there'd be some synergy there with the with the him being a pilot. Yeah. And he was nice enough to to come aboard and he was our host. And uh, so it worked out. So, yeah, to answer your question, that's that's exactly right. And same with, you know, with each project. And and it's not always uh, I mean, we've been I've been incredibly fortunate to work with some amazingly talented people. Um, but it's really more about the subject matter and finding what I think is a good fit. Mm -hmm. And then I'll you know, I'll certainly ask and they can always say no right yeah and, you are know, you directing them in these sessions like when, with they, Dennis? when they near yeah when they narrate yeah. you know when it's candace bergen or richard dreyfus or any of these people that yeah. have been part of it yeah i mean i mean you know as far as it was is documentary but you know with like in in those instances we filmed some things with both candace and and dennis and mm -hmm. did, um you know, openings and closings and different segments and so forth. And uh, they were great. They, they, they were amazing and very generous with their time. And, uh, and with Richard Dreyfus, that was a, a project um, really about medical education and about um, Sir William Osler, uh, who's kind of the father of modern medicine. 
Hmm. And he had an interest in that. And I, I just kind of heard his voice. I think he's a great actor and I do too. reached out and uh, he identified very much with the subject matter and said, Hey, yeah, you know, I'll, you know if you can meet me at uh, this studio where we did the voiceover, the narration, wow. and we went through it and then he was terrific. Have you now in those moments, I mean, you know, I'm a guy from Milwaukee. I mean, you're a guy from Dallas growing up, whatever. Yeah. When you're in those moments, I mean, even though you, you got it, you're the professional, you're directing. Do you ever kind of pinch yourself a little bit and go, I'm sitting here right now directing Dennis Quaid or I'm I'm directing Candace Bergen? Or is it just like it's another actor kind of feeling? Every day, honestly. I mean, you know, I I absolutely I there's a lots of pinch me moments and yeah. All I try and do is not screw it up and get, try and get out of their way, especially when you're working with people that are that talented. And, oh, yeah. And uh, but personally, you know, on the inside, you know, of, of course, I try and be professional. Of course. But but on the inside, I, it's like I can't I can't believe I'm I'm fortunate enough to have this opportunity. We yeah. were able to do a film about um, about filmmaking uh, with some amazing directors. That One were, vision. Yeah, that that are some of some yeah. of my my heroes that are directors. And again, I told you from an early age, I I was in awe of of these movies, even though I didn't understand how they were ever put together at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like magic to me. And then and then later when we were doing, um, and this was primarily for film students and so forth. But yeah. and to be able to sit down and have someone like Ron Howard or Martin Scorsese. And being able to pick their brain a little bit about why they love to do what they do. What a dream, uh, Rob. What a dream. I mean, listen, I was, I, I, I still can't believe it, but yeah. it, it was, you yeah, You also left out Tarantino, uh, was in Penny Marshall in there. I mean, come on. Yeah, no, it, wow. it, it was funny that that was something that was kind of a snowball because we started out and we were going to try and talk with some, you know, directors about, about directing and yeah. and you know of course i put together a wish list thinking okay if we get one of these on the wish list i'm i'm this is amazing <laughs> i'm golden yeah and and we got our first you know so of course you know i again we wrote letters again in my team and we reached out to the assistants and everything and uh got a lot of no's at first but or not even no's i mean everybody really loved the idea of what we were trying to do and to help future filmmakers. Yeah. It was more like schedules. I mean, you can imagine these people are very busy. I oh, mean. constant. Yeah. And um uh and then and then lo and behold, we got our first yes from and Andy Davis, who directed The Fugitive with Harrison. Oh god. Ford. Great yeah. movie. Love it. And um and he and I got a phone call and he calls my office and again I I was you know I picked it up. It's like hey this is Andy Davis. Not even his assistant. This was Andy Davis. Oh my gosh. And and I was like is this a prank? You know, <laughs> right. thinking in my head, and right? Couldn't have been nicer and said, Hey, this seems really cool what you're doing. I am up in Santa Barbara. Would you guys mind coming to Santa Barbara for the interview? Then I can do it. And I'm like, uh, let me think about it. Yes, absolutely. We can be there tomorrow. Right. Um, and he was great. And then once we kind of got that first, then more people heard about it, and then then it snowballed, and we ended up, like you said, working with some of the best you know, filmmakers, uh, of all time. And it was, oh. you know, and again, I was just happy to be there and tried to, 
not screw it up and and uh, and ask some questions that would allow them to to um, talk about what they love. And it was really a amazing opportunity. Oh my God. I'm sorry to be sitting there with Scorsese and like it's over and you're just like, you know, saying, well, thank you or whatever. And he's walking away and you're, you're watching him thinking that was Martin Scorsese. (laughs) Come on. No, I still can't believe it. I mean, he's, you know, he's, and in his case, um, you know, I mean, we met so many wonderful filmmakers and they're all brilliant. Right. Of course. Um, But you know, you check out any Scorsese interview where he's talking about film. He mm-hmm. just talks differently than 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 anybody. You know, he is so part of who he is, and it was uh, it was pretty magical and uh, just uh, amazing to this day. Oh my God, that's so freaking cool. The um, so the there a couple other things. Going back to Mr. Belvedere. You had a lot of uh, guest stars that were on there that I saw. I saw uh, uh, yeah. Willie Gar- Garson, uh, who actually I I recall from voiceover, actually was around during that time. Jason yeah. Bateman, uh, Donna Pescow. Did you um, did you have a sense, like were they already pretty well established at that time or, or not? I'm trying to remember. Uh, yeah, the ones you mentioned were, except for Willie, who I didn't know when he first joined. And, you know, he was like Kevin's, my character's best friend on the show. Right, right. And, um, and, and unfortunately we lost Willie. I know. Um, and Willie was just the best, you know, to know Willie was to love him. I mean, he was just a, a fantastic human being. We became really good friends during the show. He was on many times. Um, and then off, off uh, when the show ended, we still maintained uh friendship and um we both were into tennis and played some tennis and everything oh i didn't know he played tennis also okay oh yeah yeah and oh. and uh and his son to this day um you know is a, is a tennis player um and he he was the greatest um so really really miss him immensely um okay. just a just a great guy and and again another person on set who would just make everybody laugh and yeah yeah his best friend you know um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, Jason Bateman, um, Donna Pescow, Kate Lenz. Oh yeah, that's right. Kind of Kay in Lenz. the older woman episode. Yeah. Um, uh, we had, yeah, so many amazing, um, wow. you know, guests that would come on and, and, and as a cast, we, uh, we, you know, we just loved the opportunity to be around them and hear some of their stories and, and, uh, it was great. That's pretty cool. Now, the other thing that I got to mention is tennis, because tennis obviously is a very big deal for you. Um, what, because uh, your Twitter handle or whatever I think that you call out is like even has tennis in it. So what's up? What's going on there? You know, were you like uh, a tennis maniac in Dallas and this transformed? What is it? Definitely not in Dallas. I, okay. I, I so I, I, I always played, but really just with family, friends growing up. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, was on my high school team, came out to Los Angeles, didn't know anybody who played tennis and, you know, I was doing other sports and stuff, but, yeah. um, uh, really didn't pick up a racket for a long, long time, except when I'd go back to Dallas and play with friends. Um, but yeah. then I met some people out in California and in LA and, and, uh, that were into tennis and I started playing again. Yeah. And that's when I realized how much I missed it. And I, you know, 
again, we could go a long time on this, but, no. but <laughs> and, and as far as my, you know, if you ask my wife, she would say I'm slightly obsessed, but I just love it. You know, for me, it's yeah. just, it, it's a great release. It's a, um, you know, I, I love, I play some tournaments and leagues and all sorts of stuff. Um, and, and I love to watch it. And, and again, I, uh, you know, filmmaking, tennis, um, aviation, those are some of my, my passions. So whenever I get a chance to combine any combination of those, um, I, I feel in, incredibly grateful and, and luckily I've been able to do that. Um, but yeah, tennis is just a lot of fun and it's, uh, you know, uh, I recommend it to anybody, you know, it's a sport <laughs> of a lifetime. You can play it your whole life and yeah, whether you're doing it competitively or just for fun, it's, uh, it's just a great sport. Yeah, my uh, actually, my wife's grandfather, I believe, played into his 80s. So you are right; you can play oh, awesome. as long well, as you want. Great. Yeah, without that's a doubt. Yeah. Did um so the 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 other angle is just you were on all these shows. You were on like uh, Silver Spoons, Twenty One Jump Street. Um, oh, by the way, Super Mario Brothers Super Show. I saw that one. I was like, what? Anyway, um, what? Uh, <laughs> What would, first of all, what was that like? Where'd that, that come about? That, I don't even, I don't recall that one. That was I funny. Have, I have no idea where it came from other than <laughs> I got a call about it. They, they said, Hey, do you want to do this? You're going to be playing yourself. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. Um, or, or a exaggerated version of yourself. Mm -hmm. And um, I think somebody, somebody that somebody knew somebody, uh, there was a common, uh, friend of somebody who had done the show and said it was a lot of fun and and but i really went in blind i wasn't a huge gamer growing up i mean I yeah right me neither but yeah. um and i just remember going in and it was uh it was wacky um i remember i had like one of those um you know uh, what do you call them the uh for some reason they put me in a um they thought this was like a rock star or actor um jacket that had the fringes you know like, oh yeah 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 i know, can picture it whatever um and it was it was a wacky time a wacky thing but it was a lot of fun it was it was uh you know it's fun i don't i don't know that i've ever seen it to this day but somebody mentioned it a couple of years ago and saw it either on youtube or whatever yeah or my, or my kids busted my chops when they heard about it or something oh that's funny as um, hell but yeah 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 that was a uh, that was one of the more obscure ones. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. And what about uh, well, Twenty One Jump Street? Of course, Johnny Depp. You know that was his like st step into stardom. Yeah. What do you recall him at that time? Do you recall? Oh, yeah. Him? Uh, John, absolutely. No, that was filmed in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. uh, that was on a hiatus from Belvedere. So um, I was fortunate enough to uh, be asked to be in in an episode. I was there for a couple weeks. Wow. And didn't know any of, of the cast at the time, but they were fantastic. And Johnny was great. And it was funny. It was, it, I think they had been on maybe, maybe a season. So Johnny Depp mania had, was just starting to kick in, but it really hadn't yet. And Johnny yeah. was, Johnny was fantastic. He was great. Um, he was all about the acting and the performance. We hit it off right away. We had some pretty intense scenes right away like on day one and i remember having uh off camera some conversations with him just you know talking about the scene and how it went and um 
And then he would ask me questions because I had been on Belvedere at this point, four or five seasons. And he was like, and, and, and he was like, you know, back to your earlier question about when people start to know you, how do you navigate that? And he was trying to navigate that at times. Hard to believe now because he's like, you know, yeah. everywhere, right? Yeah, yeah. People know him. He's a legend, and 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 rightly so. I mean, he's an, he, as an actor, he's 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 an incredible actor. But it was interesting because he was asking me like, "What was that like?" And I was like, "You know, Johnny, you know, you're you're, you're experiencing it right now." And it, and uh, and I would, you know, we would all go to dinner. We would all go to dinner. The whole wow. cast. Wow. Um, Dustin Gwynn, who's a friend to this day, who was also on the show. Oh, yeah, sure. Peter DeLuise. Um, yeah, Dom DeLuise's son. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the the whole cast, but we would go out. And again, I had never been to Vancouver's, but, you know, that was kind of their second home. Yeah. Um, and it was a and it was a one camera film show, which was different than what I was used to. Oh, yeah, of course. So, yeah, that's so right. it was a great way to learn. And, and uh, again, it was a, a different role, uh, very different than Kevin Owens. Yeah. Uh, very dramatic. And it dealt with some pretty serious issues. But uh, I loved it. It was it was a great chance to just kind of exercise some different acting muscles. And 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 the people were just very generous. Um you know, and, and welcomed me. And Jason Priestley was also a guest on that episode. Oh, come we, on. We became friends. He was thinking at the time, he's like, hey, Rob, I'm thinking about possibly moving to LA. What do you think? I'm a little bit. No. And I'm like, I, I listen, you should give it a try. It's great. I mean, other people did too, of course. Um, but that's when we became friends and he got to LA. We, you know, I don't know, a week or two after he was out here, um we would go and shoot pool and just grab a burger or something and oh that's crazy and, and of course you know this was before beverly hills 90210 but yeah um he also did before beverly hills he 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 did a a pilot and i think it's i think it went for a little while called sister kate and that was on the sound stage that was opposite ours so we actually got to see each other a lot um and then that I guess didn't get picked up or whatever. Yeah, um, I remember the show. And he was really bummed. He was like, "Oh no, maybe I shouldn't have come out here." And then, you know, like two months later, he, <laughs> he gets this little show called Beverly Hills 902. And he's iconic. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. talk about a brotherhood. He went on with his directing career. So that's Absolutely. that's pretty wild too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he was, you know, he was also, uh, I think, originally from Vancouver, but he's definitely from Canada. Yeah. Wow. Did you, by the way, did you direct any of the Belvedere episodes? I did. Um, you know, I was very, uh, I was very fortunate and um, was able to to direct. Again, it was a very nurturing atmosphere. And even yeah. when I was there as an actor, I didn't spend much time in my dressing room because I was always interested in what was going on in the set and watching the directors and the yeah how it all worked and probably bugging a lot of people. You know, oh, what do you do and what do you do? Um, but they were very, uh, you know, it was a very safe and, and creative environment and they encouraged that. So wow. um, I was able to even sit in the booth, which is like a taboo uh, right. you know, in, the, in the, in the booth. Cause they always say, never let, never let an actor in the booth. Cause that's where they all talk about you. you right. right, 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 right. But, but they, the uh, creators, the producers, the directors that we had, they knew that I was interested in directing and had done these short films and were doing these different things. Um, so they were great. They would allow me to learn that way and uh, and take advantage of the opportunity so that when I 
got my shot and I was able to direct um, on Belvedere, um, you know, they were they were my biggest cheerleaders, which was just really awesome. Did you just ask or did that kind of like get signed into your contract or how did how the heck did you get that chance? That's a that's an awesome opportunity. You know what? I, 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 I'll be honest with you. In the back of my mind, it was always something that I would love to do. But I was also intimidated because it was like, again, we were like a family. Right. And, you know, I was like, I, you know, I, is that going to change the dynamic? Yeah. And to be honest with you, Don Corvan, who was directing a lot of the episodes at the time, wonderful, wonderful director and person, um, and he loved movies. So we would always talk movies. Oh, Rob, what movies did you see this weekend? And we'd yeah. compare notes and we'd break them all down. And he was the one who actually went to bat for me and said, you know what, you should, you should do this. You should try it. You've been in the booth. You've been, you know, you know everything or, or you, you know, you've, you've learned a lot. Oh, um, that's cool. And, and he's the one who went. So I, I really have him to thank for that primarily. Uh, and he went and approached the producers and said, I think we should let Rob, you know, direct. And, and oh, luckily cool. the cast was, uh, um, took pity on me and didn't didn't bust my chops too much when we were doing it but uh god what a rare opportunity that's huge no it was was fantastic two last things one i i see in there it says it says now i could be wrong but i swear it said that you were in a band which i didn't is that true were you in a band at one point i was in a band uh but it wasn't a professional band it this was like growing up in high school oh okay did you uh, sing I, I, I'm a drummer, but I did sing. And, um, so for our band, which, um, funny enough, was called five card stud. I did not come up with the name. Thank you. So, you know, let it fly. I know I'm going to get a lot of flack. Believe me, I've gotten a lot from my kids, um, but yeah, that was our band. And, uh, and, and we would do covers. We did, we did like classic rock and stuff. And I would yeah. sing. But we also had other singers in the band, too. And I'd play the drums. And then when I came out to L.A., um, I played a little bit in college, did some uh, in some bands and a little bit of jazz, which I which I also love. Yeah. And, um, have a set to this day. You know, so I love to play. I love to get together with other musicians. And um, it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Did you by the way, did you uh, finish your studies at USC while you were on the show? I did. Um, so when we started, when we were doing Belvedere, I was a senior at USC. And because there was only in the program that I was in, there was 15 males, 15 females. And we, we were a very tight knit group, you know, and I'd been through years with this group. And it was very mm-hmm. important to me um, to graduate with my class. Um, sure. And so they were very, uh, they were very um, kind to me and allowed me while I was doing the show, like I think once a week I would come down and I'd turn in a paper or, you know, was able to do some things. Um, again, we didn't have remote learning, so I couldn't. Right, couldn't exactly, that. exactly. But I would go down to USC and um, and I was able to graduate with my class, which was really important to me and, and uh, you know, definitely wanted to um, do that, not only for me, but, you know, my parents who had, uh, invested in my college career. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I was very fortunate to be able to to graduate with them. Okay. Two, two, one, one quick question. When you were yeah. doing the Blue Angels or even now, have you flown yeah. upside down in the plane like the one that's behind you? 
I have. Uh, this is called the Fortis, where, um, yeah, which is, which wow. is crazy. Uh, I was very, very fortunate and have been very fortunate. And I got a ride at an F-18. Um, oh, God. I went down to El Centro, which is where they do the winter, winter training. And they told me, you know, there's it's a two-seater. So, you know, pilots in the front, I'm in the back. But we have communication and stuff. And, and from the get-go, they were like, hey, Rob, listen, we're going to be up for about 45, 50 minutes. <laughs> We can do as much or as little as you want. You know, we want this to be a fun experience. And I was like, when am I going to get this chance again? You know, yeah, exactly. No Come on. You know, even if I pass out or, you know. Yeah. I'm very proud to say I kept my cookies. I kept my lunch. I did not throw up. Did um, you really? Yeah, I didn't pass out, but I grayed out at one point, which is kind of where you get a little bit of tunnel vision. But wow. it was uh, it was amazing. I mean, it was uh, the ride of a lifetime. A roller coaster will never be the same. Oh, wow. Um, and we were up for about 50 minutes doing everything you could imagine, flying inverted. On takeoff, we were 50 feet above the runway taking off. Oh, we, my God. We went from 50 feet to 10,000 feet in about eight seconds. So Holy rocket. Whoa. And, and we pulled about seven and a half G's and um, oh. you're, which is like your, you know, big brother sitting on Skin's your Skin's gone. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but it was, yeah, it was incredible. I mean, we did inverted flying, they did everything and it, I'm, I'm forever indebted to the team and they're just the, the greatest to work with. And, and like you pointed out, um, we're actually doing a, a feature documentary with them right now for IMAX. Wow. Um, that'll be out in theaters uh probably mid 2023 so next week i'm headed to pensacola florida which is where they're based mm -hmm. and uh and i'm just fortunate enough to be working with some incredibly talented partners and people um i'm one of the executive producers um mm -hmm. but the uh you know for those of you who have seen top gun maverick glenn powell who's in that is also a producer on the on the film oh wow um, Paul Crowder, who is an amazing director and has done some incredible documentaries and Glenn Zipper. Uh, we're working with the same aerial coordinator from Top Gun, a guy oh named my. Rosa. Oh my who's, God. Who's incredible and, and great. Everybody. Um, and Greg Wooldridge, who actually led the team. He's the only person to lead the team three times as the commander. Wow. Uh, who's an, just an amazing person in general, one of my favorites on the planet. And uh, so I, I, again, back to your pinch me moments. I mean, I'm just um, incredibly grateful to be a part of something that I hope will inspire a lot of people and, 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 uh, and, and it'll be a lot of fun, but it really, it's as much about the people as it is about the, the flying. The flying is going to be incredible. Yeah. Uh, hopefully people will get a, They'll see things that they've never seen before, even if you've been, been to a Blue Angel air show. Mm -hmm. But also the amount of excellence and precision and uh, teamwork that goes into the team, the entire team. Um, you know, it's really about the humanity as well as the hardware. So hope you check it out. Yeah, definitely. You kidding me? I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely check that out. Well, <laughs> last last thing, Rob, I, I always leave it to everybody I have on the show. Just what you would want to say to the the fans. What what you want to say to you know either your fans or just Mr. Belvedere uh, fans of the show. What would you like to say to them if they're watching? You know, when they're watching this, basically. 
Yeah, I mean, again, I, I I would just say thank you. You know, thank you for 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 watching and being a part of the of the show, um, and other projects. You know, um, you know, back to what I was saying before, I feel incredibly um, grateful to be a part of a profession where, um, you know, you can hopefully reach reach some people, even and whether that's giving them some laughs and just taking them out of their daily you know, mm -hmm. challenges and stuff, or, or whether it's inspiring them and in something that they saw in a documentary or whatever. Um, yeah, that would be the the main thing is I, I, I just feel incredibly grateful and fortunate and, uh, and thank you for watching. And, and it's great to hear from people when they, when they see or experience something that they feel is meaningful. And thank you to you, John. Oh, no, I appreciate it. Where, where can they reach out to you in case somebody wants to, by the way? what what do you yeah what yeah you mentioned my my twitter handle that's probably the uh um the easiest it's it's at rob stone tennis i believe is is the handle <laughs> there um, you go and then yeah if you want to you know that's probably the easiest way to uh to reach me i'm on some of the other social media but that, that that's the that's the main one I got you. All right. Well, listen, Rob, thank you so much. It, it's great. I'm stoked. We're reconnected. I, I appreciate you being on and we, awesome stories. Loved it. No, appreciate, appreciate your questions and uh, great to reconnect. You got it, Thanks bud. So Thanks for yeah. having me. All right. Take care. Bye. Thanks for coming. And uh, please check us out also on youtube.com slash that's classic TV, where you can actually watch and see the celebrities that are on the show. Thanks again. Bye-bye.